This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Dukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go. It's the Boomer and Carton Postgame Show with Al and Jerry. Oh, hi there. Al Dukes here, and I am with Eddie Scazzeri today as Jerry is at Purdue for Rutgers basketball. Oh, hi, Eddie. Hello, podcast people. Now, Eddie, I had uh, tweeted out and Instagrammed uh, earlier. I had asked you uh, what you were doing for Valentine's Day, and I was, uh, for those people that didn't see that, uh, what what are your big plans for tonight? It's uh, Valentine's Day. It's a romantic time. People go to dinner. They buy roses and chocolates and jewelry and all sorts of things. So what are your plans today for Valentine's Day? All those things you just uh, delineated? Going to do all those. Amateur hour. Oh, none of those. Like to go to a restaurant yeah. and wait a freaking hour and it'll be jam-packed and oh yeah be a fixed menu and gouged prices and no thank you. that's not your thing no and my wife and i have been together now 30 plus years right not married 30 plus but together 30 plus years 32 i think and uh yeah to waste money on jewelry or chocolates or you know not uh, your flowers thing. i will do sometimes you will but like you suggested like you go to not a florist, right? You go today to like a Wegmans or another supermarket, and you get a much better deal. Yes, I got flowers yesterday at uh, Acme Supermarket. Perfect. And by the way, beautiful flowers. Yeah, at a very reasonable price. Exactly. And I put together my own floral arrangement. Exactly. And it looks like uh, you bought it at a flower shop. Right. I, I picked out some flowers. I got uh, a vase. Mm-hmm. I put it all together once I got and home. It was like 20 some bucks instead of $120. Absolutely. Now, I am going with the um, the dinner this evening. I set up okay. an, an early dinner, though, like 5.15. All right. Early for most people. Uh, yes. Uh, so I'll be there probably with the older folks. But... Uh, I did Google. First of all, I had already made the arrangements uh, yesterday, but mm-hmm. this morning I had, after I was talking with you about Valentine's Day, I, I Googled a restaurant because I was like, oh, maybe it's uh, one of those bring your own bottle type mm-hmm. of places because mm-hmm. uh, near in Basking Ridge, there's a lot of those. Yes. And uh, no, this one has a bar. Okay, perfect. But I right. like bring your own bottle. Cheaper. Cheaper. You get a nice $20 bottle of right. wine as opposed to $18 a glass or whatever they're doing. Now, this place does have a, as you said, what do you call it? Prefix? Yeah, a fixed uh, fixed menu Yeah, for Valentine's Day. I think they have both options. You can order off the regular menu or, you're, or you do this fugazi. Right. Well, some places are so busy, they just can't handle it. And they just churn people in and out because, you know, that's very romantic. Right. So... And also, uh, to your point, nothing says romantic like 
hey, I just saved $150 between flowers and right. bringing my own bottle of wine. I did see uh, this restaurant, though. I went on their uh, website, and it said, oh, would you like to have flowers brought to your table? Then no, you I'm check good. off this other thing. Then would you want... Uh, like a stuffed teddy bear waiting for oh, you. It's about, all these things. How about a band of minstrels yeah, to oh, serenade you? That would be nice. And you uh, could sing with them, Al. I could. I would love to sing with you a know, band. One more of, thing on Valentine's yeah. Day before you move on to yes. fantastic stories, I'm yep. sure. Well, some are Valentine's uh, related oh, as well, okay. so please continue uh, it. The whole Valentine's Day and birthdays and anniversaries, all that stuff. I like to say every day is the Super Bowl. I love you every day. Right. That's never changing. Now, uh, at how how long into the relationship were you early on and when you first met who was going to be your then wife? Did you do a whole thing uh, for Valentine's Day? Honestly, I was. it was always for me, it was always, you know, forced and I, I never felt it because right. it's not, you know, it's for Gazy anyway. Yeah. You know, it's created by Hallmark, for God's sakes. Right. The Hallmark. Fund. Now, will you yeah. get a card or no card? No, fuck. Card, so you'll get please. flowers. Sometimes, yes. So but today you're thinking probably flowers. I will just flowers. randomly get flowers at other times. Like if you happen to see nice looking flowers, exactly. you might go, my wife would right. love those. I'll get those now, no, even though it's not, not Valentine's. Like two or three times a year. Well, but, if you, you know, do too much, then it uh, becomes expected. Exactly. And not special. Right. Yeah, I'm with you, Eddie. I'm kind of with you on that one. But uh, my girl, is. she told me, she, by the way, I'm way into Valentine's Day. That's what right. she told me. Uh, good luck. So I, I am I am all in. I yeah. am in deep with Valentine's yeah. Day today. If you want to keep the booty train rolling. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> but Alrighty. Uh, how about this? Valentine's Day is also a big, not only for like flower shops and chocolate shops mm-hmm. and restaurants, but spy stores are very popular around Valentine's Day. These would be stores that sell things to help you spy on your significant other because the assumption is on Valentine's Day, you're going to spend time with your wife and your mistress. You're going to try. Yeah, you got to spread spread the wealth. You got to spread the wealth because there's no way a mistress is going to go for you not paying attention to her on Valentine's Day. Exactly. And works both ways, both for men and women. Yeah. So spy stores say they see a big uptick in things like trackers. That's like the number one thing. That's, I guess, some sort of device where you could track using your telephone. Like maybe you put the tracking device on their bag or attach it to their car or something like that. Again, romance and trustfulness, yes. Very romantic. Uh, Also, hidden cameras are very big. Mm -hmm. And you can get those very tiny nowadays. I'm sure. And uh, voice recorders are very big for Valentine's Day. So I don't have any of those items. I think mm-hmm. if you're even suspicious of that. Right. It's time to, to cut bait. <laughs> it's time to bail. Yeah. If you are in a spy store. Yeah. Maybe it's you want to rethink things. Right. Hmm. Hidden cameras, trackers, voice recorders. They say, though, sometimes that backfires because maybe on Valentine's Day they're going to surprise you with something. Exactly. So they're in a different part of a neighborhood where they sh- right. normally aren't. And you come in, you you confront them. What yes. the hell were you over there? You're seeing your little piece on the side. Oh, I just got you this elaborate blah, blah, blah. Right. And I was going to surprise you, and now I want a divorce. And now it's ruined. And now F you. Now I'm wondering if this might be you, Eddie. Mm. Uh, $700 million in the United States will be, will be spent on... Pets Valentine's Day gifts. 
You're a guy who has a number of dogs. How many do you have these days? Three. Three dogs. Yes. Will they be uh, involved in Valentine's Day at all? No, not at all. They will not. Because they really, all they care about is, you know, when you come home, you pet them, you give them their dinner. They're good. That's all they need. Now that for for a dog every day is Valentine's Day. Every day is like, you know, and it's like Groundhog's Day. It's like the same day uh, every day and they're happy and they wag their tail and it's great. And they're very excited to see you. Of course, always. Always. Yes. That's the best part of a dog. Unconditional love. Unconditional love. Now, will you get your dogs like a Christmas gifts or no? Oh, we do, but it's, you know, it's doesn't have to be Christmas. It really it could be, you know, uh, October uh, 18th. And you get a bone, and they're happy. So much like with flowers, you might randomly get yes. your dog right. gifts. Right, or you go to the pet store, and they're being really good, and they're really cute. And, you know, you, you, you buy them a toy, and you let them hold it in their mouth when they go to the cash register, and everybody goes, ooh, ah, and it's cute, and, and that's it. You ever take your dog to one of these? Up in Basking Ridge, there's a, a dog cupcake store. Mm. It's like a dog bakery. Yeah, it's more I, like a bougie-type boutique for dogs. I, I try to stay away from giving my dogs anything that is remotely like people food. Yeah. Uh, because you don't want to sort of get it in their heads that, oh, when they oh they see cupcakes, oh, one of those is for me. I'm going to start sitting here and drooling. Right. So no good. So you don't want to get them used to looking at a cupcake and thinking, Correct. that's a dog and that, cupcake. that all goes back to the seeing eye training. Right. Where, you know, no people food ever. They're very strict over there at the scene. Yeah, with, with good reason. You don't want a dog, uh, you know, helping a blind person in a restaurant who's like, you know, taking meatballs off the tray. <laughs> no good. If the dog was really good and got really sly at it. Oh, 100%. The blind person might not know they ordered, you know, six meatballs Ex- and the dog. Exactly. Slowly. Like when the, when the uh, you know, when the waiter comes over, oh, I'll have the two meatballs and the dog hit taps the waiter. <laughs> hey, four. <laughs> Just put him on his back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I'm wondering if uh, you agree with this. This is also dog-related, Eddie. Mm-hmm. Uh, a new study in the Journal Neuroscience and Behavioral Reviews. Okay. That sounds important. It sounds very academic. Yeah, yes. academic, not some fugazi right. magazine or website. Right, it's not a wee magazine. They found that, indeed, your dog knows whether a person is a good person or not a good person. Have you ever had your dog react negatively to somebody for no good reason? Uh, well, not my dogs because they're Labradors and they are, if they're raised properly or even somewhat improperly, they're generally very good-natured and right. like people and will give people the benefit of the doubt way too much. Even people that might not be good people. Yes, but you get a more sort of a guarding breed, like a shepherd or a Roddy or a Doberman or something like that. They're on guard, and they can smell, they can sense things. Yeah, what are they sensing when they when they don't like someone well, for no reason? Can, like if they, it was someone wasn't taunting them or something? Yes, if they're not being uh, overtly abusive. Yeah. To uh, I, I don't know what chemicals people give off when they're, you know, lying or being sly or, you know, have uh, or threatening violence. But there's a lot of sense that people give off that we are oblivious to that a dog can pick up on. Right. How about, do you ever come across one of this? This would be embarrassing if this happens to your dog where you have a racist dog where it doesn't like certain races and will only bark and growl at particular races? Well, I, I hate to say it. Yes. But 
the dog is picking up on the owner. He is. Yeah. Oh, on the owner, not the correct person he's barking at. Correct. So that is usually indicative, unless the dog was trained and you know in a high crime area where maybe it's a certain ethnicity and he was a, a police dog or something like that. But generally, the dog is picking up on the owner's tension and really? anger and fear. Yes. It goes right through the leash. Like if you're calm and you, you know, and it goes right through the leash to the dog, they sense the calmness, everything's okay. They sense you are afraid or angry. Really? Yes. 100%. So racist dog probably means racist owner. Almost always. Wow. I see that on the Dog Whisperer show about the. Not racist dogs, but how the dog whisperer says it uh, goes through the chain, just yep, like you're saying. Exactly, That's and exactly that sh- right. uh, sensing fear is what the dog picks up on. Right, fear or anxiety or yeah, anything. So if I'm near a pit bull, I would be that dog. That dog would pick up like, oh, this guy is he afraid of me. You are uh, like two <laughs> seconds from wetting yourself. <laughs> See, I don't like that. I need to be around. What's the dog you said earlier? Labradors? Labradors. The golden retrievers. Yeah. These, you know, the quote-unquote, you know, family dogs. Yeah, family dogs. Did you see the story in the paper? It was today. It was on the news uh, yesterday about this uh, Rottweiler of some sort that mauled this woman yeah, to death. Yeah, and he was um, a rescue, I believe, and she had plans to return him to the shelter because he was just too aggressive. He was very, very rambunctious. Yeah, and... Uh, a day late with that, unfortunately. Yeah. They showed a uh, a guy, I guess, who lives in the neighborhood as well. He was like, yeah, I would see that dog out. I was avoiding that dog. Yeah. You know, you can just tell. If you know dogs, you just, you know, you can just tell that the way they're holding their ears, their tail, you know, it's, uh, you can usually pick up on things. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm very anti-pit bull, but I will yes. see people sometimes walking a pit bull where I'm like, I want nothing to do with it. But but sometimes I'll see the pit bull walking very happy. Yes. You know, like very like a jolly, having a good time. And I think, okay, there's going to be no trouble. Again, like, you know, you take a rescue pit or something that may have been, you know, in in a, a fighting dog or owned by, say, someone who is now in jail and right. went to the shelter. Okay, you, you know, that's a big chance. But if you got a, a pit that is raised by the family and all that stuff, they're... Uh, 99% of the time are going to be fine. The danger with the pit, of course, is that they have such powerful jaws. And if they get hurt or they sense fear or they get agitated or something, uh, it could be a serious injury if, if they do turn. Right. You don't want to be attacked by a pit bull. You know, you'd or much rather be, uh, get, get bitten by a lab whose mouth and jaws are not as powerful. Right. And they're just biting you to scare you, though the labs, right? Um, For no, they're trying some, to sometimes, you know, there, you know, there, there are, you know, many labs who are not raised right or, you know, are just a little off that you know can can hurt you, but uh, they're not going to break your femur, right? They're going to snap bones, right? I see. Uh, Eddie, are you a Netflix kind of a guy? Oh yes, very much so. You are. Yes. You and the wife. Yes. Do you guys have certain series that you'll watch together? Yes, and you know, not so much like binge as an all-in-one night, but like we'll go through. Uh, we just watched uh, sort of a British, uh, sort of like a Twilighty Zone um, series. It was three seasons, three short seasons called Black Mirror. We just watched. That. Oh, you know, uh, yesterday I had tweeted about that. I had I had tried to 
watch uh, The Sopranos because I'd never seen The Sopranos when it originally re- aired. Right. So I went back to try to watch it and I, and I couldn't get through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody had r- recommended this Black Mirror. Yes, it's very much about uh, I get the basic premise is you know all the increased technology of the last ten years with the phones and everything else, social media, and taking that to a level where strange and weird things happen not necess- not really at all supernatural but it's just about just if social social media gone bad um is is kind of the theme of it and uh, technology that sort of thing i i did enjoy it yeah i like something that's manageable like one two three seasons tops Mm-hmm. Like getting into something that has like eight seasons where you're just starting out. Yeah, we're, we're we just we started one. I forget the name of it. Uh, oh gosh, it's uh, something about the. It's about like clones, and it's again. Uh, I think it might be British, but I'm not sure. I forget the name of it. My, I'm going to get killed. I'm sure by not remembering it. But... I thought you meant the Jim Rome fans. They're no, clones no, as well. Not those kind of. Oh, uh, different clones. clones, like actual clones. Oh, all right, actual yes. clones. But of course, I, I'm failing on them. Name. Well, have you ever done this? Mm. A Netflix survey uh, says just about half of U.S. binge watchers admit to cheating on their significant other by watching shows ahead of when they're supposed to stay watching with their significant other. Mm-hmm. So it would be like if you got home today and your wife wasn't home and you snuck in another yes. episode of that. Right. And they say that people do that Netflix cheating because they just can't help themselves in wanting to see the next show. Right. Well, I, I would say my wife uh, has done that and and will continue to do that. I'm not that so deep into something that I can't wait. And, you know, you and I with our hours, you know, I get home, I watch. I mean, if I get through an hour, I'm lucky. Right. And I'm like zoning out. Now, will she admit that she cheated netflix on you in that she watched an episode or will when it's time to watch the series together will she watch the same episode again pretending she didn't see it uh no she doesn't she doesn't pretend oh she'll tell you right up front hey listen yeah. I, I watch this it might be time yeah, for you she, to catch she up she is one of these people who could watch things multiple times yes whereas i i have to wait a long time before then revisiting i can't like go watch like uh the same thing within a week you know who's a big Netflix binge watcher? Is Boomer. It's Boomer, yeah. Big on the Netflix. And he he can sit there. Now, he's a busy guy. Yes, he is. But if he does have an off night where he mm-hmm. just doesn't have an event to attend or a Ranger game right. or doing a football game, mm-hmm. he can sit there and watch hours of a show. Yes, he can. Which I, I, I can't sit there for all that uh, long. I, yeah, I can't. First of all, if I'm like sitting down, you know, I'm going to get tired. Me too. I will fall I'm right out. asleep. And, you know, you add a little wine to that, forget about it. Yes. But Boomer, yeah. But but then instead of going to his uh, Wasps hockey game and, you know, staying up until 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, he'll just binge watch until 1 o'clock, right. 2 o'clock. So now he's, he's binge watching Netflix right. all night long, exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will fall right to sleep. I can't. That's the problem. I can't really watch anything without passing out 30 minutes into it. Well, you and I am probably, well, for compared to Jerry and Bob of the of the crew, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have children. They do. Right. But you and I clearly get the most sleep. Yes. Of anybody on the show. Boomer and Craig, because they're insane. 
and Craig also has kids. Yeah, that yeah they get it. no sleep. Yeah, and Boomer has 18,000 jobs. But you and I are clearly the most rested yes. uh, of the crew. And Jerry doesn't seem to get a lot of sleep. No. He's got the kids, and he's got, again, he does the Rutgers, he does Cowboys, he's all over the place. Right, he does Columbia football. Right, and Bob has a, you know, a 10-hour drive up to Canada every yes. day, back and forth. Got a, quite and a commute. children, and, you know. Yes. Yeah. We get plenty of time to go to sleep. Exactly. Like, I'll leave here at 11. I really have no responsibilities until tomorrow morning. Yeah, kind of. It's, it's, well, I, you know, I have to, I, have, I, and I am married, and I have the dogs, but that's a whole, you know, you add kids, that's like 10 other levels of complication. Right. I will get a dog soon, Eddie. Yes, I, I'm aware. I'm uh, hopefully getting a dog soon. Yeah. I can't really have one in the condo I'm currently in. Right. But in your second home. In my uh, second home, I'll be yes. getting, a, I'll be having a dog soon, I hope. Yes, well. Hopefully, if, if this Valentine's Day goes well. Oh yes, I'm um, looking forward to my Valentine's Day dinner and mm-hmm. uh, you're not really honestly. gifts. Uh, well, during the week, I don't look forward to a dinner, no. but I, I was smart in doing a five fifteen dinner. Yeah, but if you get there and it's going to be oh, it's going to be five forty five, you're going to start panicking. You're yes, start looking at what it's going to be an awful scene. Well, that's why I'm hoping that having an early dinner, there'll be no panic mode. Right. Well. What? It's on the table. I'll say, do you know who I am? I need him. Very important, and I need to be up early. Yeah. All right, Eddie. Uh, coming up now is the warm-up show I did with Chris Lepresti this morning. Yes. yes and I did. did I did peter out at the end. Yeah, you did not really cross the finish line strong because you, you didn't pay attention when I told you the hit time. Right. And so you were waiting for the, mm-hmm. the ID to come, and it just yep. wasn't coming. And then finally you asked, uh, Eddie... Don't you have to push the button? Yes. And then I, I, I saved you. Yes. So uh, look for that. All right. Very awkward at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll do a see ya. I'll do a see ya. And we'll uh, move on. See ya. So it's the Boomer and Carton warm-up show with Alan Jerry. It's just like Boomer and Carton without Boomer or Carton. Good luck with that. Oh, hi there. My name is Al Dukes, and I'm here with Chris Lopresti today for the Boomer and Carton warm-up show because Jerry is in, uh, he's at Purdue. Uh, for a basketball game with Rutgers. Mm. Purdue is in uh, Indiana. Yes, it is. They're the Boilermakers. Yes, they are. So Jerry is not here, but CeeLo is here. And yesterday, uh, the Charles Oakley-James Dolan thing uh, got a little stranger in that they were (laughs) summoned to uh, Commissioner Adam Silver's offices in uh, New York. And for some reason, they put Michael Jordan on the phone. That's right. Now, you've been on many conference calls, right? I have, unfortunately. No one wants to be the guy on the phone. No. And if there's someone in the room with you when you're on the phone, you're muting it and mocking what's going on. Of course. Right. And then they'll probably go to uh, to Jordan and looking for him to give some sort of response, and he has no idea he's supposed to have been paying attention. Not listening, and then he's got to take the phone off of mute, so there's right. the awkward pause. And they hate you. Like when he got that email, we need you on the conference call. He's like, "What? Why? He's got to play the heavy, Al. He's got to play the heavy. The heavy. What? What does that mean? mean, You guys have had Adam Adam Silver in here, right? We have. Yeah. He seems like a very nice guy. Very nice. Not really what you would call uh, an imposing figure, right? If I could, if I if I may, correct. So you know, Michael's obviously got the cachet. Former teammate of Oakley. You know, you bring him in, and he just kind of rattles the cage a little bit. Next thing you know, Dolan's like. You know, I look forward to having Charles back as my guest in the near future. So whatever was said, it seems like it worked somehow, some way. I bet Jordan didn't say 10 words no? total. No. 
Well, maybe in those nine words or less, he really got his point across. So maybe he doesn't speak often, but whatever he says right. carries more weight. Which was which which president was that with the saying? Truman. Was Eddie, it Truman, Truman carry a big stick? Which one was it? Taft. Taft. It was Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, Theodore ah, Roosevelt. We were all wrong. Way I had off. the wrong Roosevelt. We were in the same era. Mm, not older, really. Well, no. older presidents <laughs> before we were born. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's, okay. That that's a wide range, though. That yeah. era. Yeah. Uh, so then they say uh, Oakley will be back at the Garden for a gigantic applause at some point. Hopefully in the near future. Although say. he, I guess, is still upset that he was called an alcoholic. I mean, I, who wouldn't be if you're yeah. not one, right? Right. Now, he did admit to having drinks before going to the Garden at night. Okay. As I'm sure most of the people in the building did that night. Probably. Uh, but the bartender of a, of the this whiskey bar that he was at said he had no drinks. Good to see everyone's on the same page with their stories here, Al. You know what I always wonder with, uh, like, especially, like, out at, like, Giants uh, MetLife Stadium or any of these baseball stadiums, basketball, you know everyone's getting hammered at those games, whether there's concerts there, these places, or games. Of course. Why do the police not just pull over every single guy that <laughs> comes out of there? Like, everyone's got, like, 90% of the Don't people. Don't they need, like, probable cause or, like, yes. a reason or whatever? Yes. You were probably having drinks. Yeah. I don't know that that would hold up in court. And they're like, oh, no, we cut off alcohol sales, you know, 20 minutes to go. Right, yeah, yeah, but the people have had 19 yeah. beers, and then they're all going to get on the Jersey Turnpike. Which is not a good scene. Or why don't they game. do it at bars? Like, if I was a just, cop. They just wait outside Just the bars. wait out. I guess. If I'd it's, like, to... late in the month or whatever, and they got to meet their, their quota for... Well, that's different. It's not a speeding ticket. This no. Do you? I don't know. DUIs. Is there a quota you have to hit as a cop for well, DWIs? Well, even if a, a quota, just like, listen, we know everyone's drinking after uh, at games and in bars. Yeah. I'm pull everybody over. I suppose if you want to be that cop, I mean, uh, that's how. If I was a cop, I'd be pulling everybody over. Of course you would. Uh, and the Giants have said goodbye to Victor Cruz. Indeed. Now, CeeLo, you're a football guy. You cover uh, football. Who's going to make up this one catch a game Victor was getting oh, for the Giants? See, that's not nice. I know you were on that all year. <laughs> he caught some big ones, though. I think his average average per yards per catch was was pretty high up there. But uh, who who will fill that void? Um, Anybody? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, they have a couple young guys on the roster that they like. And as Craig mentioned last week, and I agree with him, should the Jets decide to move on from Brandon Marshall, I could certainly see if he wasn't looking to make a lot of money – Marshall staying in town and playing with the Giants. I think that makes a lot of sense for both sides. But here's Just the, my opinion. Here's the thing now with wide receivers. Like, when Eddie and I were youngsters watching the NFL, when we were uh, high schoolers and in college, mm. uh, the teams really valued a running back. Yes. Like, you needed a one guy that was, like, Tony Dorsett on the Cowboys. He got the ball every time. Of course. Emmett Smith carried the ball every down. Now in the NFL, they just randomly pick running backs in, like, the third round. Yeah. Now that I kind of see the wide receiver position going that way too, because it's just like, uh, oh, uh, this guy's uh, hurt or not going to play. Oh, uh, Sterling Shepard, you're in. Oh, Eric, oh, he's a second round pick. Yeah, he's second a pretty round. good player. Uh, Eric Decker, uh, he goes down. Uh, whoever Quincy Anunua is now, all of a sudden, <laughs> he's great too. The Patriots throw anybody yeah, out the there. Greatest example of it, yeah. The, the, the Packers, you know. It's like now, and the Giants are going to save this money for defense. Right. They've got to pay JPP and yes. some others. So it's like now it's just like quarterbacks and defense. Right? Quarterbacks, pass rushers, corners. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the defensive guys. Offensive tackle, left tackle is a big one. 
Yeah. But these running backs and wide receivers that used to be the sexy spots, not so much I, anymore. Yeah, I would say wide receivers still, I mean, it is a passing league, as 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 many have, have said, Al. Yes. I'm sure you've heard that it's one before. a huge before. passing league, yes. So, yeah, I mean, you can find wide out. I mean, honestly, if you look at any position, you can find guys later in the draft. But, yeah, wide receiver, just with the way offenses are tailored these days and with the rules kind of slanted towards offenses having success, you can run throw guys out there and have them have pretty good success. But, there, I mean, look, you look at the, the great wide receivers in the league right now, a lot of them were marquee draft picks. Odell Beckham, first-round pick. Julio Jones, first-round pick. Antonio Brown, not so much. I believe he was a fifth- or sixth-round pick, but he took a couple years to develop. So it's there's a mix. There's, there's probably a cross-section in there, but I understand your point, yes. And while the uh, Tom Brady jersey is still missing, CeeLo, the uh, football that James White, you know, he scored the game-winning touchdown yes. in uh, overtime. Yes, there. I don't know if you remember a couple weeks back. Yeah. Uh, th- supposedly that ball was lost. Just gone. Benched. Gone. Well, because it was total Don't. chaos after he scores the That's touchdown. Right. Julian Edelman's cursing and, you know, screaming at everyone. people on the field. Yeah. So now they the Patriots go, oh, no, we, we have that football. Mm. And it's on display now at our Patriots Hall of Fame. Just like that. Couldn't they have just grabbed any ball? Our and be national like, nightmare is over. Right. I suppose, but I have a feeling since it's a Super Bowl ball, they probably have like special imprints on them. You know, the Duke there. Sure, but there the were. Duke, as Ben McAdoo likes to call it. Yeah, take care of the Duke. There were hundreds of those balls. Yeah, but I, I bet for the Super Bowl, each one has like a special number. And like when they put them into play, I, I feel like for the Super Bowl, everything is categorized and, and logged for. and accounted for so that they can. Of course, make money off it if they want. So you think they found the actual ball or just like, just grab one of these other balls. I can understand why you would, especially when it comes to the Patriots and footballs. But I do think in this case, there's probably an easy way to tell if that is legitimately the ball that he scored with or if not. So I will say that that is accurate. And if I was Robert Kraft, I'd go to the equipment guys and be like, just grab another Brady jersey from when we played on turf. Yeah, no problem. And throw it up. Uh, played on turf. Yeah. Very clever, Alex. And just, Good job by you. Right, that way there's no dirt no stains. No grass stains. Yeah, grass right. stains. Because he and, certainly spent a lot of time on the ground in that game. Yeah, and they'd just be like, oh, uh, we found the the mm-hmm. Brady jersey. It was yeah. stuffed in Brady's locker. We didn't see it. Got to sew the Super Bowl patch on after the fact. Sew the patch on no and problem. good to go. That I would think you get away with a little easier than the ball. Thing. The jersey? Yeah, I think so. The Patriots have it on lockdown. Um, when we come back, I'm very excited about this new documentary that was announced, sports-related documentary that I want to talk to you about after this. It's the Boomer and Carton warm-up show with Al and Jerry. It's like a podcast on the radio, sort of. Crystal Preston for Jerry Recker this morning. Boomer and Carton coming up just a few minutes. They'll get into that big meeting between James Dole and Charles Oakley. Adam Silver and even Michael Jordan seems there's some light at the end of the tunnel for that whole mess. Nets lost to the Grizzlies 112-103, 13 in a row now for Brooklyn. Rangers top the Blue Jackets in Columbus 3-2. They're six straight. Wayne Devils and Avalanche tonight from Newark. That's on the fan at 650. UConn Lady Huskies made it 100 consecutive wins. Besting nice South claims. Carolina 66-55. And the Giants releasing Victor Cruz and Rashad Jennings clearing about $10 million in cap space. Al. Now, when will we pay attention to the UConn uh, gals, uh, ladies, uh, a basketball team again? Again? Uh, like 150 uh, wins uh, when they roll a quarter? Off. Yeah. I don't know exactly how that works. Maybe 200 wins? Tournament time when they make it uh, 12 national championships under mm. Gino Arriama? 
And then how about this? You're a big wrestling guy. Are you big? Were you into the wrestling ever? Not Never. at all. I'm the, the polar opposite of the wrestling freaks. Everyone around. here in the it's fan newsroom, unbelievable. They mainly talk about wrestling. Yeah. Now or I have fantasy baseball. That's it. Or, or yes, fantasy baseball and wrestling. Oh! There he goes right now talking <laughs> about it. Uh, but this, I was into wrestling in the '80s. So uh, this documentary that was announced yesterday is in my wheelhouse. HBO and WWE are going to do one on. Andre the Giant and his life. You know, he was seven foot four, 500 pounds from Grenoble, France. There was an A&E, remember they used to do biographies? Yeah. They did one on Andre the Giant years ago. And it was great. Sure, he's an interesting cat. Very interesting. They went back to his homeland in Grenoble, France, and uh, they were talking to some of his childhood friends. Mm. And when Andre would go back there, he was slamming, like, cases of wine with dinner. You know, eating four full rotisserie chickens. Yeah. You got to like quadruple everything that we do. I mean, yeah, you talk w- about a guy that's seven four, five and a quarter, five hundred pounds, seven foot four, five hundred pounds, five hundred even, five hundred even. even, not a pound over, not a pound All over. Right. And he uh, he battled with huge sack, Big John <laughs> Stud, King Kong Bundy. The WWE back then must have been struggling. Like, we need a large. We need large guys to fight Andre. Freaks of day. Oh, to fight him. Okay. Yes, because otherwise right. he can't be like fighting regular wrestlers. No. He he was just I like man meat. Exactly. Mm. Now, back when they used to do the Saturday morning wrestling, when I would watch it. This is fun. They would have Andre that sometimes fight three guys. You know, three of the scrubs. Can I jump in? We'll have a threesome. <laughs> Eddie, don't you have to hit your button? Listen oh, to Yankees baseball in Giants Hello? football.